Part three of Chapter one of XYZ, a detective story by Anna Catherine Green. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Carolyn. Part three of Chapter one The Rendezvous. As I expected, I was met at the front door by Mr. Hartley. A word with you, said he. Jonas tells me you are from the constable of the town. May I ask what has gone amiss that you come here to disturb my father on a day like this? His tone was not unkind, his expression not without suavity. If I had not had imprinted on my memory the startling picture of his face as I had seen it an instant before in the mirror, I should have been tempted to believe in his goodness and integrity at this moment. As it was, I doubted him through and through, yet replied with frankness and showed him the ticket I had received from his father. "'And you are going to make it your business to guard the grounds to-night?' he asked gloomily glancing at the cards on my hand as if he would like to annihilate it. "'Yes,' said I. He drew me into a small room, half filled with plants. "'Now,' said he, "'see here, such a piece of interference is entirely uncalled for, and you have been alarming my father unnecessarily. There are no rowdies in this town, and if one or two of the villagers should get into the grounds, where is the harm?' they cannot get into the house even if they wanted to which they don't i do not wish this our first show of hospitality to assume a hostile aspect and whatever my father's expectations may be i must request you to curtail your duties as much as possible and limit them to responding by your presence when called upon but your father has a right to expect the fullest obedience to his wishes i protested he would not be satisfied if I should do no more than you request, and I cannot afford to disappoint him. He looked at me with a calculating eye, and I expected to see him put his hand in his pocket. But Hartley Benson played his cards better than that. Very well, said he. If you persist in regarding my father's wishes as paramount, I have nothing to say. Fulfill your duties as you conceive them, but don't look for my support if any foolish misadventure makes you ashamed of yourself and drawing back, he motioned me out of the room. I felt I had received a check, and hurried out of the house. But scarcely had I entered upon the walk that led down to the gate, when I heard a light step behind me. Turning, I encountered the pretty daughter of the house, the youthful Miss Carey. "'Wait,' she cried, allowing herself to display her emotion freely in face and bearing. "'I have heard who you are from my brother.' she continued approaching me with a soft grace that at once put me upon my guard now tell me who are the rowdies that threaten to invade our grounds i do not know their names miss i responded but they are rough-looking set you would not like to see among your guests there are no very rough-looking men in our village she declared you must be mistaken in regard to them my father is nervous and easily alarmed it was wrong to arouse his fears. I thought of that steady eye of his, of force sufficient to hold in awe a regiment of insurgents, and smiled at her opinion of my misunderstanding. "'Then you do not wish the grounds guarded,' I said, in as indifferent a tone as I could assume. "'I do not consider it necessary. But I have already pledged myself to fulfill your father's commands.' "'I know,' she said drawing a step nearer with a most enchanting smile and that was right under the circumstances 
but we his children who may be presumed to know more of social matters than a recluse i especially she added with a certain emphasis tell you it is not necessary we fear the scandal it may cause besides some of the guests may choose to linger about the grounds under the trees and would be rather startled at being arrested as intruders what then do you wish me to do i asked leaning toward her with an appearance of yielding to accept this money she murmured blushing and confine yourself to-night to remaining in the background unless called upon this was a seconding of her brother's proposition with vengeance taking the purse she handed me i weighed it for a moment in my hand and then slowly shook my head impossible i cried but and i fixed my eyes intently upon her countenance if there is any one in particular whom you desire me to ignore i am ready to listen to a description of this person it has always been my pleasure to accommodate myself as much as possible to the whims of the ladies it was a bold stroke that might have cost me the game indeed i half expected she would raise her voice and order some of the men about her to eject me from the grounds but instead of that she remained for a moment blushing painfully but surveying me with an unfaltering gaze that reminded me of her father's there is a person said she in a low restrained voice whom i am especially anxious should remain unmolested whatever he may or may not be seen to do he is a guest she went on a sudden pallor taking the place of her blushes and has a right to be here but i doubt if he at once enters the house and i even suspect he may choose to loiter a while in the grounds before attempting to join the company i ask you to allow him to do so i bowed with an appearance of great respect describe him said i for a moment she faltered with a distressed look i found it difficult to understand then with a sudden glance over my person exclaimed look in the glass when you get home and you will see the facsimile of his form though not of his face he is fair whereas you are dark and with a haughty lift of her head calculated to rob me of any satisfaction i might have taken in her words she stepped slowly back i stopped her with a gesture miss said i take your purse before you go payment of any service i may render your father will come in time this affair is between you and me and i hope i am too much of a gentleman to accept money for accommodating a lady in so small a matter as this but she shook her head take it said she and assure me that i may rely on you you may rely on me without the money i replied forcing the purse back into her hand then i shall rest easy she returned and retreated with a lightsome air toward the house the next moment i was on the highway with my thoughts what did it all mean was it then a mere love affair across which i had foolishly stumbled and was i busying myself unnecessarily about a rendezvous that might mean no more than an elopement from under a severe father's eye taking out the note which had led to all these efforts on my part i read it for the third time all goes well the time has come everything is in train and success is certain be in the shrubbery at the northeast corner of the grounds at nine p m precisely you will be given a mask and such other means as are necessary to ensure you the accomplishment of the end you have in view he cannot hold out against a surprise 
The word by which you will know your friends is counterfeit. A love letter, of course, and I have been a fool to suppose it anything else. The young people are to surprise the old gentleman in the presence of their friends. They have been secretly married, perhaps, who knows, and take this method of obtaining a public reconciliation. But that word counterfeit, and the sinister tone of Hartley Benson as he said, it shall not fail through lack of effort on my part. Such a word and such a tone did not rightly tally with this theory. Few brothers take such interest in their sister's love affairs as to grow saturnine over them. There was, beneath all this, something which I had not yet penetrated. Meantime, my duty led me to remain true to the one person of whose integrity of purpose I was most thoroughly convinced. Returning to the village, I hunted up Mr. White and acquainted him with what I had undertaken in his name, and then perceiving that the time was fast speeding by, strolled over to the tavern for my supper. The stranger was still there, walking up and down the sitting-room. He joined us at the table, but I observed he scarcely tasted his food, and both then and afterwards manifested the same anxious suspense that had characterized his movements from the time of our first encounter. End of part three of chapter one.